We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Your 16th favorite baseball player. Number 16. Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito. 2018, worst pitcher in baseball. I'm a little surprised that some of the people on the text line find that to be such a polarizing selection. People can't divorce it from the moment. But he had something you couldn't see in the stats. This high? Yeah. I wouldn't even put him on the list. Well, that transformation is massive. That no-hitter was very emotional. Nobody could be at the ballpark, as Benetti said. And I remember that night, like, walking up really close to the TV and just trying to pretend to feel like you were at the ballpark. Well, that's weird. Granted. <laughs> Dan, you call it weird, end. but you have to consider Speaks is also the guy who literally waves at his television on the last day of baseball. <laughs> he waves goodbye to baseball. Yeah, also weird. Regular season. Also so that weird. shouldn't surprise you that he tries to put himself in it like the magic school bus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seatbelts, everyone. Just try to like, take in the glow of the TV. <laughs> I'm feeling the no-hitter vibe bit. Last night when you said they're here. Uh-huh. Well, who did you mean? Who's here? The TV people. All right. I do that with Casey Musgraves' music videos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try to get as close as I can. Go up there and get as close as I can. I understand. T-minus five and counting. Four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, Casey Musgraves. Blast off! Not sure which one's creepier. Most people write letters to movie stars. The Simpson guy writes to movies. Dear Die Hard, you rock, especially when that guy was on the roof. P.S. Do you know Mad Max? One, two, three, and here we go. Parkinson Spiegel Show, afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Now, the Magic School Bus is a beautiful reference to make from Shane Reardon. And as it's fleshed out in open form by the great Chris Tannehill, I'm realizing there are multiple generations, many different age groups, who can hang with the Magic School Bus. Never seen it, have no idea what it is. Really? So it must have just missed your kids? 94, 95 was when Lily Tomlin was Miss Frizzle. But I didn't know that because 2017 is when Ruben is all over the new version on Netflix with Kate McKinnon as Miss Frizzle. So we got a multiple-decade show to work with here that missed you completely You don't go somehow. back to like when Ruth Gordon was missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's probably some other, yeah, it back goes when back Mary further. Pickford and Tallulah Bankhead. Both played. <laughs> right. Zazu Pitts. Yeah. Jane Mansfield. <laughs> I've never seen it. No, I, I don't, really? I, never. It completely missed us. Uh, you know what stuff. else missed us? What's what that? missed me and, and also missed uh, the kids? Barney. 
Yeah, good for Same you. era. Yeah, right. I, I understand. I don't. For some reason, when I see you and I think about kids' shows, I think about Caillou because nope. we share a hatred for Caillou. No, we, but I never. Oh no! I remember why I, I think of you. Here's why I think of you because you hate me too. No, oh. I do. I do hate you a little. But no, it was Caillou because I was hoping that Caillou got cartoon cancer, right? Because I, I just hated him so much. And I just loathed him so much. Everything cartoon cancer. <laughs> Don't touch that dial. Joe Jackson in, Don't in your try coffee. Too smart. So I remember and saying it openly that I was hoping he got cartoon cancer. And but then I felt really bad. Unfortunately, he was a cancer survivor. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Was this like the mascot cancer that yes. killed Ribby and Rhubarb? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But I felt yeah. bad because you do such wonderful work with Camp One Step sure. and actual kids with cancer. Right. That I didn't want you to think that's I was real. Yeah, that's real. Cartoon cancer, I think, would be great for Caillou to get. <laughs> it's like an awful story arc. Yeah. <laughs> oh no today kids but then maybe that show would go away because he's the most annoying cartoon character in the history of the universe yeah, yeah caillou missed us too yeah well. we ours it was really it was like dora little einstein's oh yeah little einstein's great little handy manny in there I back in the handy day manny. What, what, what was manny's profession <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was very handy not Hansy. Oh, okay. Hansy Manny was different. <laughs> Hansy is what John Tra- Johnny T. John Travolta was allegedly. Did you hear that, Dan? Did you hear Kyle Long talking about John Travolta? It was amazing. No, it was part of a broader <laughs> is it moment. Too long to, to bring Dan into the loop. I don't think so. I think it's great. <laughs> Look, we're going to talk about the Bulls. We're going to talk a lot of baseball. We've got three awesome football guests on the show today, including Dave Wanstead. But I don't think this is too long because. Shane got some bad information. One second. We think one of the part-timers might have deleted it from wide orbit. Oh, my God. Out out of jealousy. Leo, you bastard. I'm blaming Leo for everything. Yeah, it's probably Leo. Bernsey, you go back as far as I do, uh, just about. I actually go back a little further than you with the score, just a tiny little bit. Do you ever remember a Leo? We have Leo's Stodaher. Right. And in realizing that he didn't have a nickname, we were thinking about Stods. But that's a little too close to to Studs. So then I realized, I think we can just go with Leo. I don't remember a single Leo in the history of the radio station. I don't either. Right? I can't place a Leo. I can't place a Leo as an intern, as a producer, as a host of any kind. So he's Leo. And he's going to get my wrath for things he probably had nothing to do with, like deleting this clip. It is possible Terry and I had an intern named Leo because we didn't know any of our interns' actual names. Because they all turned into Johnny. Johnny Blank. Yeah, we would always give them a Johnny name, and then it was like joining the Ramones, that whatever whatever your name was, whether it was, you know, Rabinowitz or Antonelli, you became a Ramon. And, And if they worked for you long enough, they too wanted to be sedated. They really did. Because why wouldn't you? Hanging around with you, Terry Bors. But we'll channel Terry a little bit because at 5 o'clock we have a, a really a, a wonderful potential who you crap in moment. Are we a no on the clip? I understand. I think we're going to be a yes. The internet's just moving a little bit, a little, little slow. We've got, we've got 10 minutes in this segment. We're good. Okay, good. Um, so let me ask you a Bulls thing. Is that I might be alone in this. Like, I'm watching this game last night. Obviously their best win of the year. And it's like, oh, man, look at them. They, they played really fun, interesting offense um, where, like, Vooch was getting the ball 
late in the possession in incredible spots because look at this. They were doing like two-man games and pick and rolls on other things, and Vooch ended up with the mismatches. And they're like, here you go. Let me give that to you. And it's like, wow, why haven't you guys thought about things like this uh, recently? And weak side cutting, too. Good, strong, definitive weak side cutting. Their spacing was great. It looked like they were a little more open mm. in their in their spacing. The other thing that I noticed, too, was the altitude substitution pattern. Yeah, I heard you saying is, this to Donald Mayberry. Is better for them. That's funny. So, like, quick quick substitution patterns. Shorter shifts. Yeah, shorter shifts out there. Go hard while you're out there. Like, them knowing that up front. And then you had different combinations that, like, seemed to be motivated and found a way to work together. It, it kept the energy up. And as I was looking over my my Organizations Win Championships podcast co-host was writing down the notes in some of these lineups. And he's like, he said, I really like this one. I want to mm. see more of this one. I like this combination. Mm. I like when he's here and he's here. Yeah. And so we're just sort of going through it. And we realized that it was very likely due to the, the, the rapid fire. There were some timeouts that Billy wouldn't normally take. That he did hmm. that that paced everything well. Well, interesting. Um, my question is a little is is a little existential, supposedly, I, or purportedly, or maybe. Um, but here's the thing: I know that they should have made a decision and gone the other way at the deadline. I truly believe they should have done that, or a way, or of course, a way. And they ended up doing nothing. They do add Pat Beverly. But I also know that, like, they're on a desperate hunt for a play-in game, which could mean absolutely nothing in terms of the bigger picture. And they'll still have to make their decisions. And, like, and it's frustrating because maybe even with all that effort and all the decision, they should still tank or a loss would actually help them still tank. Like, I know all of those frustrations and I have felt them and those kind of uh, those kind of distractions to the experience and yet and maybe it's due to my sort of willfully delusional nature in terms of happiness sometimes but boy I found it very easy to just sit back relax and enjoy that win and I do, I wonder as I read a bunch of blogs and other stuff this morning like man I was frustrated and I was getting pushed back on Twitter as I was saying a nice thing here or there and and working with my partner who's like the conversations are sometimes a non-starter in terms of would this be better for them to do? Yeah, here look, like I it's so funny cuz you think about losing as something you just have to sit back and take it like Bobby Knight told Connie Chung so many years ago in a absolutely horrific analogy, but I find myself if winning is inevitable then I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it over these past couple weeks and this next couple weeks. The, Why the hell not? The what answer, the hell else am I going to do? The answer to this is easy. And I know, I can't speak for Danny, but Danny's very much about process. And, and logic. Yeah, and I can't, I can't root for process. <laughs> I, I, I'm also at the point where, and I tweeted it during the game. I said, is this Bulls game good? And in fact, just... Look at each individual game, like I do with Bears games. The Pacers game on that Sunday Look, was a great fun game to watch. Like I do with Bears games. I can understand the big picture, but when I am sitting in front of that rectangle to be entertained, I am going to live it up. Good. 
And that was a hell of a game that last night. That was a hell of a game. That, that, that's, I, and, and it was fun to watch. How about Jamal Murray and some of the moves that he's capable of now that he's fully healthy, as well as, of course, the lockdown stroke. And Jokic's bad game is 18, 12, and 8. Yeah, and, and interesting. And just thinking about how good he is and how easily impactful, comfortably and sort of sleepily impactful on the game he is just by doing things that he does. But watching... You don't have to make excuses for liking a game. Uh, That's what it feels like. You have to apologize for it. Just everybody can agree where it fits in the big picture, and everybody can share Mm. all of our frustrations with where this season is going and this the seeming disconnect between what we see and what the front office and ownership may Mm -hmm. see. But that was a crackling NBA game played at a very high level. Yes, it was, and 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 you can still hope. Also, on a day like today, I can still hope that they learned some stuff from it, whether it's the substitution patterns and the way that those guys were playing or whether it was like going earlier to the offense with two-man game that doesn't involve Vooch move and having him fight the around. Ball. Yeah. Move, 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 move your feet and move the ball. I, they're just, they're so impressionable. This team is so impressionable. They play like their competition sometimes. They're soft. Yeah, they are. They're soft. They are. And last night, they played like their competition, which was really actually in a good way in terms of sharing the ball and being active. And I think a lot of it was due to Vooch's passion to play against Jokic, who he was going to go to dinner with after the game and did, and who he said nice things about before the game. It's an expensive dinner. Uh, yeah, I bet, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Zach having his family there and everything, but they are, they're so easily pushed around in terms of the style they're going to play, which is a sad indictment of Billy, you know? Well, because Billy is a, and, and I've learned this about him now, having watched how he does it, he really is a hands-off coach. He sees it all. He's a great analyst. He's a fantastic spectator. But he's super hands-off. With a great seat. And he sees what we see. He'll tell you about it, too. Oh, he'll, he'll say, we devolved into my turn possessions or we got caught watching. It, well, you know what? Call a timeout and say, Damar. Change them. Call a timeout and tell DeMar to stop doing that. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think he has the particular power with that guy. I thought Stacey King started with what sounded like a coaching indictment that I'm sure he didn't mean that way, and then segued to uh, some hope trafficking. Listen, <laughs> this team is, is like, you just don't know. It's, it's Chame- Jekyll and Hyde. Chameleonic, yes. the guys in the studio when, said. When they play these good teams, they play at a higher level. They focus. They lock in. And they play these teams that are under 500, teams that they're supposed to beat. They lose focus. They lose the, you know, the, the, the attention to detail going into fourth quarters. And it's it makes you wonder, like, what what's going to happen? Let's say they get into get into a playing game. Sure. Because I can see this team getting in, winning both playing games or whatever, and then getting into the actual playoff and then sure. having a chance to beat somebody because they, they, they prove they can beat the good teams. That's going to be a scary day. Beat Milwaukee a couple times, beat Boston a couple of times. But it's, it's going to take every player to lock in. Every player to lock in. Listen to that. Oh, baby. Let's, let's go, Bulls. Oh, 
The Bulls fans travel everywhere, baby. I know Denver fans are mad right now. I know they're mad, but hey, that's how we do things. I, I, I'm looking at some of the Denver fans. They're kind of looking at us and like with looks like, of like bewilderment. We're, like looks of bewilderment well, on their face. Like, wow, this like, is like like we're the ones inciting this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but give the Bulls credit. The Bulls defense. Hey, come on, baby, don't sleep on the Bulls. Baby. We're back. Just when they just when they thought we were out, they, they pulled us back, back in. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Corleone style uh, here in Denver. Yeah. We ain't going nowhere. You're going to have to you're going to have to end this, baby. We're going to fight to the end. Now, look, I know that that is going to sound like hope trafficking and guys who work for the team doing their bidding and I'm sure that that is in there on some level. Okay? But there is also the truth of what we were just saying is that they They're are fun. soft and well, and that the, that they play to the competition sometimes. They just do. Well, and, and, and he knows they're, they're soft like that, and they get shoved around. Stacy knows they're not going to all all of a sudden lock in. No, we know this. This cake is baked. We we know where the season is headed. They're they're not getting closer to winning a championship. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you look at what's going on with Lonzo and what might be happening with Vooch and that pick, they this season may move them farther away from winning a championship. However. I will say that the play of Zach Levine since the All-Star break and since December, the he is playing an elite, efficient level of basketball yeah, right now. Yeah. His defense has been better. And if you take if you really want to look for signs of encouragement, and, and it's usually not my default setting, <laughs> but if it is for and you want to say, hey, where can I hang my hat? That the fact that Zach is playing like an all-star. And his recent numbers are just incredible. The the percentages at which he's shooting, yeah, the efficient, the, the efficient he's, gunner. He's been terrific. And if if you can see a team built with him and around him a little bit, that you can figure it out. You can you can get closer to figuring it out mm. than they are now because this roster doesn't work. But you can envision one that does. I, I think that that is true. Um, and if you're enjoying these games, let yourself enjoy the games and don't be encumbered by the ugliness of the larger picture. Well, this is, is why the 2-2-4 texture, the person who says, does that get you closer to winning a championship? You're not with the whole process thing? Yeah. Well, I think I just articulated that. Yeah. Of course I am. Of course I get it. All right. I, I, do, I do a podcast you know, five times a month on it hmm. following this team. So five times you, a month. Your that's co-host a, sucks. Yeah, that's yeah a I know. Weird ratio. Well, I'm just saying on on, aver- on average, we it's like not quite twice. Every it's five like point seven days. Maybe it's more like a, six times a month kind of thing. You. However, we do it. All but, right, we need to let you in. Uh, we need to bring you into this circle here. This is um, Shane Reardon with some bad information. Asking, we cut that part off. So, oh, to, you so, did? so to set it up, I said to Kyle Long. Hey, your dad was in a movie with Robert De Niro. How cool was that? And he's like scrambling, like, what the hell? I mean, he did a lot. I don't think he ever did a movie with Robert with Robert De Niro. Um, and no, then he did that movie with Travolta. That's right. Right. So this is him explaining John. How are we working with John Travolta? Well, it's funny because uh, in our family home here in Virginia, there's a picture of my dad and Travolta, like they're two handsome faces next to each other, and they, like they got each other in a headlock. Like they look like real frat bro boy buddies which kind of concerns me a little bit um knowing how my guy johnny is you know yeah, he's a weird uh he's he you know <laughs> fast fast mover old johnny t he likes to move fast he gets a little handsy uh allegedly but he oh, him, him and my dad had a great time 
So. And when I tell you my jaw was on the floor <laughs> when he was trying to break down what kind of guy John Travolta is, allegedly. My guy, though. My guy. My guy, Johnny fast T. My guy, Johnny T. He's a fast mover. He's a fast mover. Gets a little handsy, allegedly. Should there be investigations? Should should Ronan um, Farrow be hunting around the hmm. the Johnny T annals? It's pronounced annals, not anals, right? I can I get confused I, about that. I, I always no, stay away don't. from saying anals. You don't get case. confused I, about that. I was just right there. I was. No, you weren't. Fast, fast mover, old Johnny T. He I do. He likes to move fast. He gets a little handsy. Yeah, uh, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I want to know more. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a good story. We all would like to know more, which is why we need to send Ronan Farrow out there to check it out. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Dan. Oh, yeah. Big fan of Burger but then a buddy told me. Well, your co-host sucks. <laughs> 670, the score is where you are. It's Speaks and Dan Bernstein on Parkinson Spiegel. Polls position, top of the hour with Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. But when we come back, referees and umpires as petulant humans. That's next on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Which is so amazing and loved by everyone. Afternoons on the score. Rockford, Rockford, it's for you, baby. Man, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody rip a ref or an ump with quite so much calm clarity as Fred Van Vliet, Rockford's own, did last night. It's 670 The Score. Speaks and Dan Bernstein on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Uh, all afternoon with you. Dan, nice enough to stick around and do the double. Um, and there's a baseball tie-in for a story that I heard just a little bit earlier today that I want to share with you. Um, but also, I mean, this is... I think this translates pretty well. We had to do a lot of bleeping because Fred Van Vliet at the podium didn't mind letting it all hang out. But here he is talking about the referee last night, uh, Ben Taylor. That's not James Taylor's kid who's also a singer and a guitar player, right? Yes. No, that's not It is, actually. It is? It's amazing. He does a halftime show (laughs) with whatever game he's working. That seems like a conflict of interest, really. But it's it's not called fire and rain. It's called um, COVID and the chemicals in East Palestine, Ohio. Seems like an odd fit. <sighs> the song's a lot better than a title song. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a little true. wordy. I it's get it. It's a little it. bumpy. A little bumpy as a title. It's a love song. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Fred Van Vliet at the podium on NBA officiating when asked how the game went last night. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought Ben Taylor was terrible tonight on most nights you know a couple other you know out of the three there's one or two that just the game up you know and it's, it's it's been like that a couple games in a row um denver was tough obviously you come out tonight you're competing pretty hard the third quarter i get a bull tech changes the whole dynamic of the game changes the whole flow of the game you know most of the refs are trying hard i like a lot of the refs are trying hard they're pretty fair they communicate well and then you got the other ones who just want to be and um just kind of the game up nobody's coming to see that they come to see the players, and um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was, and it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating, so at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal, and um, it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed, but it definitely makes it tougher to overcome. Man. Wow. Right? And it's... And it- he was so matter-of-fact about it, it makes it cut deeper. Agreed. 
I found that striking. I found the calm honesty and like, ah, what the hell? What? Yeah, I'll take a fine. Here you go. Here's the truth of how I feel, and it's how a lot of us feel, and sometimes it's personal, and nobody's here to watch that, and I wish it wasn't the case, but there it is. Next question. It was like, whoo, that is not a guy who's even heated in the moment whatsoever, and it, it came off to me thoroughly believable, and we've all been around long enough to know that umpires, refs, are people, and some of them can be petulant and uh, stupid. And thin-skinned. And thin-skinned and hold a grudge, and even if they don't realize they're making it about them, they do. Because we all know people like that in every freaking walk of life. So I found that very easy to believe. And it sounds like a guy who should get a stern talking to after a conversation from not stern, but silver. Well, I, th- I do think silver's got some, some work here to do. The fine, I believe, will be greater than it would otherwise be because of the aforethought. Generally, you will you would cut somebody some slack in the heat of the moment. Immediately after a game, the, the buzzer sounds and somebody grabs you and you're drenched in sweat and you're given that interview. But the fact that it was that calm uh-huh. means I think they would be justified in hitting him a little bit harder, just because of of he 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 knew what he was doing. He stated what he was going to do and he did it. And what th- there was a. There was a purge of referees from the old school under David Stern. Mm. And this was in the early 90s into the mid-90s when the famous colorful referees like Earl Strom and the church and Mendy Rudolph and these guys that you would hear in the old VHS tapes and be bickering a little bit with the players and and, and being interesting personalities – under the the Daryl Garrettson referee regime, Stern wanted that out. And it was very important to him to have referees standardized, to have them much more robotic and much less personality because he was beginning to get, and rightfully so, concerned about the size of the game and, and the it, money involved in everything that was happening. And it's sensible to do that yeah. because the colorful umpire, the colorful NBA referee – is in danger of uh, of being a little a little bit unstable, and well, it's too bad because I love a colorful ump and a sure, and we, a colorful ref. But you can't take things personally and hold a grudge and have it affect you. How much did we love Ken Kaiser, Ron Luciano, Nestor Shylock, Dutch Rennert? You know, we can go on and on. The fact that we know these come um, on, man. The fact that we know these guys' names is because you knew Ken Kaiser's call at first base. Oh, you knew that Dutch Rennert would spin around, God. strike. One, you know. So, Bernsey, the story that I'm going to tell that I heard regards the first name that you just rattled off. Ron Luciano? Ken Kaiser. Oh. Ken, Ken Kaiser was, was a guy who allegedly took a young friend into the White Sox clubhouse on a trip into Chicago. Took a young friend into the clubhouse and told the friend, hey, Look around. Take whatever you want. Just go ahead and grab whatever you want. And this young friend walked around from locker to locker. He's like, ooh, a Chet Lemon bat. This is amazing. Ooh, look, I, I just take a glove. And Ken Kaiser's like, yeah, whatever you want. Go ahead. And the players looked at this young friend and said, what are you doing? Who are you? What are you doing? And Ken Kaiser said to them, hey, 
he's with me, and I'm behind the plate tonight. You got a problem with any of the stuff he's taking? I've never heard this. Me neither. And the player said, oh, okay. And the young friend walked out with memorabilia and items that he would have for a lifetime. What? So think about... Think, I mean, really? Yes. Oh, yes. I was not alone when this story was heard earlier today. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Like, so it just so happened I brought that name up? 100%. I decided to pair it with the Fred Van Vliet to talk about the humanity of petty umpires or referees. That's brutal. <laughs> so if he's willing to do that, to put some memorabilia into the hands of somebody who he's just like hanging out with and 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 wants to interact with and please what the hell was he willing to do his entire career unless that's a make a wish kid that's not and that even not. if it is you can't take someone's gamer or something apparently I mean- dan you could and i don't know if you still can in the age of social media but wow. holy hell. Wow. Yeah, this person who told the story would not lie about no it. Chance. No. no chance. No oh, chance. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I doubt and it. And this it's person just... experienced it. He, he, he was the young friend. He probably still has the Chet Lemon bat. That, that's, oh. that's what umpires, that's, that's what umpires used to do and maybe could do. And look, Kaiser, super fun. I was Googling him before the show and reading an obit in the New York Times. Hated Earl Weaver, you know? Hated Eddie Murray. You know, and Eddie Murray tried to argue uh, about a strikeout with him one time, and he said, Eddie, we haven't talked in 15 years. Don't start now. You know, just like personal stuff. Funny. But that abuse of power? Whew. Yeah, I also like to think now with legalized sports betting, you you can't have this. I think you, that that is true. You absolutely cannot because of not just the possible corruption of the officials themselves, mm-hmm. but the unfairness of people who might be aware hey, of certain biases and grudges that could easily affect outcomes. Do you, you guys talk about the WWE trying to get their matches legal to be bet on yesterday? Uh, we'll bring that up later. Wait. Well, oh, can, yes. Oh, yeah. That's like betting on the outcome of a play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 670, the score is where you are. It's Speaks and Burnsy on Parkinson Spiegel. Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. We'll talk draft and free agency and more as we do polls position on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.